Okay. <laughs> Blank slate. Tabula rasa. <sighs> the one reason that I am attracted to wabi-sabi, lowering my voice because I feel like I'm shouting, is I accept that I'm imperfect. And if I know that I'm imperfect, why pretend or fight it and try to go for some fake imperfection? I believe that we are all born as blank slates. Tabula rasa. Meaning, um, we come into this world and then whatever we we, how can we possibly have any impressions except if we were traumatized in our mother's womb? Um, that would be the continuation or the other concept, which is nature or nurture. And I think both concepts of philosophies fit in. You, you could be influenced by your womb experience which is what I was taught. So the reason is why I talked to and sang to and read to my babies in vitro. I don't know if that's the correct term, but when I was pregnant, once I found out, I talked to my babies, I rubbed my belly, I sang to my ba babies in my belly. I did all those things. Yet, and because I just was like, I wanted them to be happy. Once I knew about them, I wanted them to know my happiness. Once they were born, I thought I could continue that, but my own nature or nurture eventually kicked in. So the scars that we have could sometimes be created before we're even born, inflicted upon us, you know? And sometimes our parents can deal with us to a certain extent. So like whatever, I think it's so wrong and horrible that we were babies. We only remember things to a certain point, up to a certain point. No, after a certain point. So if you're a baby and your parents sing you lullabies, it's a shame that you can't remember being rocked and cooed sang to because that's some stuff it was so private and personal no one sees it no one videotapes it it happens every single night one of the reasons you survived is you were crying and your mom fed you and rocked you and burped you and hugged you and rubbed you and smelled your head and counted your toes and gazed into your eyes that i think we should do something about that do you understand that Though you, that needs to be played over and over again. Because what if you lose a parent? What if your parent develops mental illness? What if your parent succumbs to um, drug addiction or alcoholism? The part when they were really there and they cared. You know, it's not recorded. All this other stuff. Um, track meets and football is great, but when you're when you're one on one with your your parent is there, no one is watching. 
You're hugged and colored and swaddled and wrapped and fed. I mean, I spent so many hours. If I could go back in time and get any time back, I would like to go back and know if that happened to me. Don't laugh. I want to know. I want to look down. I want to be that fly on the wall. See, that my mom cuddled me and rocked me and hugged me and count my fingers and toes and pinch my fat knees and fat thighs and chunky. I don't know. That would change everything. <sighs> that would change everything. No one's looking, no one's watching. Okay, so the scars are upside down and backwards. Um, once again, we're all dealing with COVID-19. And I, you know, at first there was COVID-19 and then there was the Delta. Now they skipped over a couple of things for political correctness. I'm not mad, but I'm just saying. And now we have the Omicron. I'm kind of upset because I think it's not gonna end. Is this thing gonna go all the way to Zeta, Theta, Iota, Kappa, and rewind and go back again? Y'all better take this seriously. I think we're on some rapid healing type shit. Come on, you got to heal and get over and heal and get get over and get up and dust the sh shake the dust off and go start all over again. What if 2022 is a repeat? The stuff started in 2019, didn't it? Whatever, 18 months ago. I don't see anything rising up because the people who are in charge are talking in freaking circles. So, um, I would like to propose national, if it's not here, an international Survivor's Day. Will you get to pick, oh, no, 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 no. A Survivor's Week, seven days. Every trauma that you've endured, literally, the survival must be celebrated. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to institute that. I mean, I survived so many things, and I'm not even special. I'm regular, and I've survived so many things. I'm celebrating my birthday. They had nothing to do with me. But my survival had everything to do with me. Every single thing to do with my survival. I participated in that shit. Anytime you get stomped, beat, kicked. Spit on, slammed. Nearly choked to death. 
for putting on baby powder. Ask me about that later. I survived. I'm here. I have all my teeth. I, I had to do what I had to do. I will never share with the bodies are buried. That's another subject. I had no choice in my birth. I had no choice in my sex, my race. I had no choice in my religion. But the funny thing about it is I'm okay with it. Except, let me manage it. Let me manage it. Y'all put me here, let me manage it. I'm a reluctant warrior. I don't want to fight. Leave me the fuck alone. Because y'all coming at me with some zombie ass shit that don't make any level of sense. Meaning, I say, you're just chilling. And somebody come with some whack shit, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Why do I have to figure everybody else out? Can I, I know myself. I'm not willing to be fake. Which I guess I probably am a little bit. No, not really. Not on any significant level. Meaning, when I say I'm not willing to be fake, it means I'm not going to take abuse and abuse and suck it up and smile and be a doormat and just be like, okay, it's all right. It's all right to appease anyone. And here's the problem. I find myself slipping. I'm such a survivor. And I'm such, I'm so good at the red, looking at and noticing and recognizing red flags. I have zero tolerance for a pink flag. If you halfway red, I'm going off. I want to control myself. I do. But people are so intrusive on your shit. Like the infamous Karens. I mean, I'm only think speaking on that because of the simple fact is, like you're chilling. That's like the um, metaphor for what I'm saying. Like you're a child, and you're a certain type of child. You're quiet, you're creative, or you're loud, and you enjoy life. And then somebody got to come in and shits on your yogurt. Why are you here? The reason I call this show The Gilded Scars Project is pick a start and end date for your personal self-improvement growth goals. It's December 1st. We've all survived 2021. Big scar there. Big up, high five. So what we do 
we always grow and we continue to grow. We always make ourselves bigger than what we are. We are made in God's image. I mean, God is relentless. He made the animals, the plants, the oceans, islands, wind, breeze, snow, ice, sunsets. Man, crazy. So we are the same. It's just we have to tap into who we are and find our way. So surviving trauma is getting back to who we are. I was taught that children are a blank slate. Children are a blank slate, which is the opposite of innateism. And I have a tendency to see a little bit of all sides. So I can see that we're blank slates with innateism under just beneath the surface waiting to see which way to go. So I think then that becomes nature or nurture function. So as I stated in a previous, the previous episode, the first episode, I have been damaged a lot. And I'm not real good at faking the funk at all. So I was drawn towards some of the Eastern philosophies, one of which is Wabi Sabi. Because I really don't think there's anything wrong with me as a human being. I think I'm pretty damn awesome. But, you know, maybe this isn't my time or this isn't the framework where I wasn't raised or nurtured and my slate wasn't in, in, in the current context of my time frame and my mother's time frame. And my slate was you know, inscribed with things that have nothing to do with me. So the slate was dropped and they're broken pieces. And this is my attempt to meld and heal and repair those pieces with gold. I'm solid gold, baby. And since I'm trying to figure this out, maybe some of the pieces are repaired and forged in silver. And then some pieces may be a, 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 a conglomerate, maybe bronze, maybe tin, maybe spit and tape. I don't know. But even as I re- repair myself, I, 
I accept the fact that I will never be perfect except for me. I'm perfect for me. And the problem is trying to fit into everyone or anyone else's ideal, which I, I, I think that the only reason to do that, I'll keep that to myself. But nobody is perfect. So why do people hate to admit to their mistakes? Blank slate, tabula rasa. Shout out to the times we're living in. We're winding down 2021. We're still in this COVID era to the point where we've skipped over two naming conventions to land on Omicron. I remember that from... I don't know what class I took, Latin, I don't know. But we are required. People have been pushed to the limit and tested during this time frame. But I don't want to repeat anything except the simple fact that if nothing else, sitting at home, looking across the table to someone that you've spent so much time with. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I mean, I spent hmm, the majority of COVID-19 alone in my own, in this condo. I'm not quarantining with anyone. The relationship that I do have, um, that person has their space, I have my space. But the people who ended up and landed in spot together, for some reason, they've either bur they're either bursting at the scene with love, or they can't wait to get away from each other. They hate, literally hate each other for their little idiosyncrasies and their little imperfections. How can you hate somebody for not being freaking perfect? You can say, oh my God, he keeps the toilet seat up doesn't mean that they are worthy of hate and disgust and just like, oh my God, don't touch me, don't look at me, you keep the toilet seat up. Or for female, oh my God, she her eyelashes aren't 12 inches long, I gotta hate her, I can't stand to look at her. Look at what we do to each other. We just like take each other and look, and, and we, we look for perfection when it's in, it's literally impossible. And then we do that to our kids. If the kid isn't perfect, we can't love them. Literally, we're saying that no one is lovable in their human state. <laughs> if you don't have an ant body, a, a manufactured body, and this doesn't, this doesn't have anything to do with current the current state of things. This has been it's been going on for a while. If you don't have a double D chest female, you're not worthy. I'm not saying that's true. I'm simply saying that for some odd people, there are some people in this world who are so 
I know people have choices and whatever, but you are saying if you don't have a double D chest, there's nothing in your brain that I'm interested in. There's nothing about your creativity that I'm interested in. There's nothing about you that I could possibly be interested in because I can't get past the fact that you don't have a double D cup. I think that's weird. I think it is what it is. I mean, I think it's weird, really, because I'm me, and I don't know what other people think, but for my personal perception, um, I think it's weird. I think, um, okay, let's, let's take it back to me. I think I personally have a type. And who told me to have a type? I think someone told me to have standards. Somewhere there was that was expressed to me. But who am I to shut somebody out? I think we should do away with artificial, superficial standards. I really kind of don't recommend that. But I mean, if you got a, if you have a person with enhanced body parts and then they lose those parts, or those parts fail, or you know, somebody comes along with new and better, fresher parts. And you say, I can't, I can't like you. I can't. Then I don't know what that means. I don't know if I'm speaking for any type of majority or minority. I really don't think that's important right now. And I'm probably being as politically incorrect. I don't think that matters. I hate the term. I only hate it politically incorrect because of the simple fact that some things I don't consider viable. All right, so what I'm speaking on is this. The reason we're broken, I believe, is people have preconceived notions of who we are and what we are, and they try to put that on us. And if we can't comply, they break us, they try their best to break us. Okay, let's say, for example, a mother has a child, that child doesn't live up to their expectations. That mother is determined to break that child. A husband has ideals for himself and he has already decided what his wife will and will not do not taking into consideration that she may be coming from a different perspective. And he has decided to force her into a mold. And I don't just mean wife. I mean as in future mate, mate, girlfriend, fiance, whatever. And if she doesn't fit that mold and make him feel secure and make him feel in control, he must break her. They must break us. Why must we be broken? Two friends, and one hurts the other's feelings, the other one must be broken. Why do we break each other? <laughs> I don't know why we break each other. Good evening. Welcome to my podcast, Gilded Stars. And so, the reason I decided to go ahead and do this podcast 
just because I'm on a healing journey and people like to hear what I have to say. So I've healed so many people and helped so many people. Why not allow people to journey with me? Some of you may or may not be familiar with the healing concept of Kintsuki. And um, I'm going to get up for a minute, a second or two, to go pick up my kit. As a decorator, I've always been into feng shui. Never studied it, but kind of naturally understood the concept. And then I got into wabi sabi, which is just accepting imperfection. I can I can understand that. I can believe it. And um, that's something I'm into. Then I got into Kintsugi. Now, I've always admired the art of Kintsugi. I, I never, I just admire, I just love looking at it. Didn't really know what I was looking at until I just took a deeper dive into self-care, wellness, and healing. And I realized that the art is about, um, I, I will make another podcast about this particular topic. Right now I'm just talking off the top of my head. This art is about taking something of value that has been broken or damaged in some way. Repairing that damage and creating something of more value. The reason that appeals to me and the reason that I will share this journey is because I realize what it's saying. You live your life and you go through whatever it is you have to go through. Most of us are survivors and we have the scars to prove it. Scars may not always be physically on your body, but the scars may be just the aftermath, the fallout of whatever that trauma was. I mean, you may lose your job and lose your home but still you rise. That trauma, especially if you had kids or family that relied on you, is there and now it's generational. But how do you know and celebrate your healing? I think that's where Kintsugi comes in. That damage, I'm 
pretty sure it made you a stronger person. I'm pretty sure it made you go, hey, I'm not going to make those same mistakes or I'm not going to allow this to happen to me again or I'm going to be prepared or I'm going to do. I think I remember my grandmother, I didn't know what hoarding was and I don't think she was a true hoarder. But what I do know is that my grandmother used to have things stacked and stored and kept and preserved. And I always wonder where that came from. No, I just thought it was her. But then I learned that people from her generation, they learned to prepare for, um, they learned to stockpile in preparation for starvation or famine or whatever, whatever um, plague may come up. It's learned behavior. So basically they went through something, they learned a lesson and they turned into, uh, they internalized it or, or it turned into a lifestyle. So this generation doesn't really do it exactly like that. We do it in a different way. Some of us do go overboard and hoard. That's why people buy homes to store extra, extra homes, store extra stuff. They buy storage units to store extra stuff. About two months, a month ago, I downsized from two storage units. I have a, I'm living in a condo and I had two storage units and plus some things at, in another location. Hmm. We need to see these things and recognize them for what they are. So for myself, the scars of my life manifest in emotional, physical, and sexual trauma. I don't consider myself the typical victim, so but I do consider myself a survivor. I am a victim, but I am also a survivor. But nobody celebrates my survivorhood. I don't get a plaque. I don't get a medal of honor. I don't get a statue or anything like that. I have to do all the celebrating. No, there's no celebrating. It's just get up, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and move on. No, I have decided. I had, I had decided. You know, that's what made me believe in Wabi Sabi. I'm not perfect, but I'm perfect for me. I'm good. I survived things that I didn't see coming, just like multiple car accidents. PTSD from car accidents, my mom driving down the wrong side of the road, running into buildings. I don't know what the deal was, but I do know that I had my I was in my fair share of car accidents when I was younger. Okay, and then you grow up and then you you attend the church of your parents' choosing. And would I have chosen that particular house of worship? philosophy of worship as an adult, I don't know, but I know I was traumatized by that choice that my mother made, and I had no say-so in my own spiritual, I had no say-so in my own spiritual life, self, upbringing. So, you have a spiritual scar. I have spiritual scars. 
I'm not going to say spiritual. I'm going to say religious scars. Okay. I have sexual scars. I have emotional scars. I have physical scars. But the physical scars that I have are mostly self-inflicted. Meaning, I could get punched, strangled, kicked, and no one knows that I endured that. No one knows because they don't physically see the scars. Now, if they talk to me, eventually they're going to catch on. So this is a thought. I have scars that only manifest themselves in my own interaction with the world. That's I think that's the mo- one of the most hurtful things is I don't even realize I'm scarred until I open my mouth and I say something and I'm like, what the fuck did I say? Why the fuck I say that? I think scars manifest themselves in defensiveness. Am I onto something? 